This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. All roads lead to Southampton for City this weekend as fresh on the back of a statement victory against those pesky Scousers, the Blues take on the Premier League's basement club. What could possibly go wrong, right? It's Thursday the 6th of April. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm Oliver Lowe. And this is the City Report podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United one, Manchester City six. It's two for Jekyll. Tottenham Hotspur three, Manchester City four. Oliver, welcome back, mate. Um, it's good to see your face again. Obviously, you've had a busy couple of months, what with moving into a new home. Everything settled, everything good. I've been, I've been loving the uh, the TikToks, by the way. You look like you've done a, a fantastic job there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've uh, I've realised that I'm not terrible at DIY, um, which is which has been a, a revelation. Um, yeah, all settled in now. Got got plenty of city memorabilia hanging up. Um, still need to find somewhere for my signed Phil Foden shirt to go, and then it will be. Oh, and I like that. I like that. Adam, welcome back. Another day, another dollar. We're into April now. God, this year's gone quick. It has, and I have. Uh, I've also been doing some some renovating this weekend. Oh, uh, we we decided to very impulsively in the middle of my shift on Sunday, we decided to rearrange the whole house. Which obviously, I wasn't mm. much much help because I was working, but. Uh, is, that, actually, is, that, is that the magic we, where it's like we, but actually wasn't, yeah, wasn't yeah, really yeah. your decision? I've had a I, lot sat, of I sat back on my laptop and told Laura, oh, it looks better over there. Maybe take all those nails down and hang it up over there. Um, but it, you know what? It worked out for the better. We opened up loads of space in the house. We can now have friends over when we certainly couldn't before. Uh, so it was it was a, a roaring success. How, how does you... How- 
I need a bit of context. How do you go from not being able to have friends over to having friends over? Was there like a big, massive, I don't know, an obstacle course at the door? They just throw out the bed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we sleep sleep on the kitchen floor now. No, it's our bottoms. It's a two-level, like, kind of townhouse type thing. Um, And it... The bottom floor is very weirdly shaped, and we just never got the correct layout with the couch and TV and blah, 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 to maximize the space. But we um, have finally done it. So, so, so much so that we sold our couch and bought a new one that has like, that is like 10 inches bigger in every direction. That's how much space we were able to get like much larger furniture. I don't know. It's, it's magic. It's genuine it's not, magic. It's not about size, mate. It's not about size. <laughs> yeah. It's all about how we use the couch. I'm glad someone brought it up. Yeah. 10 inches bigger. Sounds like a bargain. Um, lucky Laura. Right. Let's <laughs> get into today's show then, because as I mentioned, we are going to be speaking about City's upcoming game. It's probably time for me to stop watching Jack Grealish's goal on repeat against Liverpool and actually concentrate on the weekend football. Um, Adam, let, let's kick things off. Usually say from the top, we'll start at the bottom. Southampton, 20th in the Premier League table. They've had somewhat of a comical season in truth. Firstly, under long-time manager Hassan Hootel, then under everyone's favourite class clown, Nathan Jones. Now, the more respectable and certainly better dressed Ruben Sellers. They're as good as down, essentially. Southampton fans will say that. Most of the Premier League watchers will say that. So, simple win for City at St. Mary's on Saturday. You know, that that's that's usually how these things go. Um, I've got to say, I don't think this is going to sound very, very, very stupid. Uh, I don't think Southampton play a role in this game in, in the sense that I don't think it matters to me whether they were fighting for survival, already relegated, comfortably mid-table. I think that City have now clicked into that late-season gear where it doesn't matter who stands in their way. And at this point in the season, I'm not looking at the opposition anymore. I'm looking at the state of 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 the city squad and who's in good form, who's not in good form, all that kind of stuff. And I think what we've seen from them pre-international break and now to to kick things back off after the international break with such a big win against Liverpool, um, I don't really care who they play. I mean, that that sounds maybe overly optimistic, but. Um, I don't think it matters to me where Southampton is in their season at the moment because I think City are just in that April and May mood that they get in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've had this discussion so many times already. Is is this the winning run? Is this the winning run? Is this the winning run? Well, it, it sort of feels now, doesn't it, Oliver? It's, it's, it's literally now or never because there's been a few games this year, a few dodgy results. I'm thinking of Aston Villa, Everton, Forest, who... Um, Bar Aston Villa, who are Everton Forest, both down there fighting for the lives. I think City's last drop points in the Premier League was that frustrating draw against Forest. And and I feel like, I don't know if this, this is the same for you, but I feel like if City drop points now, the season is is over as far as the title race is concerned. Obviously, everyone's looking ahead to that big game against Arsenal in a couple of weeks, which, you know, if City drop points in that, then certainly you can wave goodbye to a, a Premier League title. But if if there's another one of those frustrating 1-1 draws away to a relegation, relegation struggler, I almost feel like the, the goodwill City have been building up in the last few weeks almost disappears. And that's the sort of season it's felt like, you know, a momentum shifts here and there. 
you're just hoping that it isn't one of those cases where City go away to Southampton and they have 97% of the ball, 46 shots on target, score one goal and Southampton score with their first shot on target at the opposite end. Yeah, going off the back of what Adam said, I, I kind of, I tend to agree. There'd be points in the season where this type of game would be really nerve-wracking for me. And it almost sounds odd to say that with the run of games that we're currently going on, that this isn't one of those times. But I kind of feel like City tend to drop points in these games October, November. Earlier earlier in the season, they tend to go to places, stupid games, stupid results. We saw it at Nottingham Forest at the turn of the year. Um, and, you know, we have a tendency to do that. Quite honestly, most top teams have a tendency to do that. Um, but I just kind of feel like what I've seen from City... Um, sort of post and, and pre-international break, it does feel like we're finally ramping into that that sort of gear that we tend to see from City at this time of year, where we you know we brush teams aside that we need to brush aside. We have very competitive games and come out on top in the in the games that we need to. And look, you know, I think the other week we we were sort of looking at the fixture list for the next three or four weeks in, in the chat room, we were all saying how nervous we were and how scary looking that fixture list is, but. We sort of live for this time of year as City fans and, and actually the squad do as well. Um, you know, I think for, for Southampton, we've not had a game midweek. We've just come off the back of a very positive result against um, Liverpool. I, I just kind of can't see this going any other way than a win. I hope I don't regret saying that, but it's just where I see it headed. You know, you'd be... You'd be daft of anybody to come here on here and say you can't see City when given the form they're in, given the state of the opposition, but... I guess if we are going to look at the opposition quickly, obviously we've got a chat with a Southampton guest tomorrow to look forward to to sort of really dig deep into it, Adam. But they are bottom of the table. They've had they've had a really difficult season. If you think back to the summer, it had been sort of, you know, nobody saw it coming, but you could definitely see how it would happen. They bought so many players who were just not of Premier League quality yet. You know, half of them came from City's academy to, to start off with. Uh, Lavia, who has shone and he's done really well, but there's still bits and bobs of his game that can improve. Edozi, uh, Bazunu, you know, there's three players to start off with. They are comfortably bottom in one of the tightest uh, relegation battles of all time. It is inexcusable for City not to go and put, not only just get a win, and, you know, obviously at this point of the season, three points is all that matters, but City really, you feel, have to keep that momentum going in terms of the performance. They should be looking at an, a, a big result at, at, at St Mary's. Obviously, it's a half-five kickoff for us, so it's that sort of, that statement game on the on the Saturday evening. But this is a real opportunity, isn't it, for City? Ahead of the Bayern Munich game in midweek, ahead of the uh, the Arsenal game to come in the league, ahead of an FA Cup semi-final, to kick this Run, uh, kick this uh, sort of April runoff with, I think that's that Bournemouth game a couple of weeks ago actually in a similar sort of sense. And you know, you go to a team struggling at the bottom, you don't just get three points. You put a, you put a marker on them, and you say to the rest of the teams in the division, "Okay, we're here." Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know, while a lot of people are going to downplay the result because of the opponent, um, like Oliver said, it, it is a game that City didn't win earlier in the season. You know, this was the type of game that we kept getting so annoyed because they would, you know, maybe get a big win against, um, you know, United or whoever. We'd get we get big wins against big teams, and then three or four days later, would would kind of stumble against a, a bottom half team or a mid table team. And um, as weird as it is to say going away to the team 
you know, on the bottom of the table, it, it, it can be a statement win. It can be a win that says we've completely shaken off whatever that kind of hoodoo that we had hanging over us in, you know, January and December that we couldn't get past these teams. And, um, you know, let's, let's make no, make no mistake that city were playing horrible football in December and January and parts of February. And, um, the football is better. The mood around the camp is better. We're hearing, you know, far fewer stories about, um, you know, you know, dressing room bust ups or training ground bust ups and and all that kind of stuff that we were hearing with Cancelo earlier in in the winter. And you know, the the mood seems to have evened out. And now that the results are coming as well, that that's obviously going to help the mood. So yeah, weirdly, it can be it can be a statement win. Um, no matter who the opponent is, because like I said, it, it is that game that City haven't been able to win this season, and that's been their their downfall, and that's why they find themselves eight points behind at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, it it can be a statement win, especially considering you know City. Okay, there's been a defeat at Liverpool. There's been a, a defeat at Spurs. There was that unfortunate defeat at Old Trafford, which I'm still counting as a point to be honest, but. City have not really had struggles against the top teams bar the odd occasion. They've usually blitzed them as we saw against Liverpool. They've usually put an absolute number on them. It has been, you know, Southampton. And to move on to that sort of point and, and exaggerate a little bit further, Oliver, City City didn't win there in January, I think it was, in the League Cup quarterfinal. In fact, they were really, really pretty shit in that game, to be honest with you. And it... it it's, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but Southampton feel like amongst all of the brilliant City have had over the last few years, Southampton, specifically away from home, feels like it's a little bit of a, a bogey ground slash team for City. I think it's two wins from the last five visits to St. Mary's. Just coincidence, do you think? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you play football, albeit um, Sunday League. So, you know, you, you're a bit more, you've got an idea of this, but I never find that, these jinxes play so much into a professional footballer's mind. You know, half the team would have changed the last time City got beat there, but it still feels like when you look at the form list, yeah, we didn't win that season, we didn't win that season, we won there that that season, but you know, this season we didn't win. Does it does it matter that City have had struggles on this ground in the past, or like you say, with the the form City are in, they're going to go there with, with utmost confidence of getting a result? I, I can't see the recent results playing any sort of um, part in in the thought process of any of the players on that team at the moment. Um, I think they're in such a positive attitude and such a positive space um, that I'd be surprised if any of them had even looked into that. I think the the fixture in January was, you know, if you watch that back now, it probably epitomised everything that was wrong with us for for the sort of first half or maybe even two thirds of the season. But I do think that win, you know, that win for Southampton at the time said more about City's problems than it did about Southampton's, um, you know, victories. Because I mean, they were still under Nathan Jones at the time. It was one of one of like the three wins that he ended up getting. Uh, they they crashed out in the next round of of the cup. I just I sort of think that it's a bit of a moot point when it when it comes to you know City versus Southampton. Um, I sort of think that City are going to go there. And at this point, you know, this is such a cliche, but every single game in this season is now a cup final. And when you, you know, are in cup runs, you can only beat what's in front of you. So I get lots of people sometimes asking me as a City fan or, you know, even just a fan of a team that are competing at the end of the season. 
do you think your rest plays against Southampton because you know you've got Bayern on Tuesday? Well, you can, you know, you can look into that, but I don't think Pep Guardiola is going to be taking that into account. Every single game has to be a win at this point. Um, every single game has to be a win, and we need to we need to go out there and make statements. I think Southampton's the perfect opportunity to do it. We need to make sure that we're confident going into the game uh, next week. And yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I just can't see anything but a City win. I can't see Southampton's previous record playing any part in it. I love the positivity. You can come back every week. We've lots <laughs> a bit of that over the last few weeks. Um, I'm going to bring it right down. Final question of this part, then, Adam. Say for whatever reason. Um, City don't manage to take three points home from the the Saturday evening clash. Not only do I think the the title race is gone, but does it does it harm the mood? Does it affect the players? Do you look at it and go, "Oh my God, we've you know we've we've been feeling so good. We had a, a an outside chance of the title race. We wanted to take it as deep as possible." Bearing in mind. Arsenal go to Anfield on Sunday evening. So it could either be the perfect weekend for City ahead of that buying game, or it could be sort of the final nail in the coffin. And we go into that buying game thinking, dear me, you know, for for a really successful season to hit one of our main objectives, this is it now. And that can obviously add a little bit more pressure than is necessary. It, 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 do, you, do you worry, say, for example, over the next few weeks, and obviously Leicester after this, it doesn't have to be the Southampton game, but one of those slip-ups we've seen so far this season could could really knock City off kilter a little bit? I'd like to think not. You know, you think of plenty of teams that have shown that they can compartmentalize one competition to another. You know, you think back to, I think it was the year that, that we lost to Chelsea in the, the Champions League final. They finished seventh that year in the league. Um, you know, we've seen teams like Real Madrid, maybe 20 points behind Barcelona in the league and um, can't win at places like Osasuna, but they can go to, you know, Anfield and get a win in the Champions League. So, no, I I like to think the players have are, are mentally strong enough to deal with, um, you know, if they if they go and lose at, at St. Mary's on on Saturday it's not they're not going to carry that weight over to the Bayern game on Tuesday. I think they are able to compartmentalize the two and I think if you if you look at this um from a squad rotation point of view, there's probably going to be a bit of rotation and you know, we're not going to be seeing the likes of Cole Palmer and Sergio Gomez and players like that, but players like Kyle Walker, Bernardo Silva, maybe Rico Lewis, players that didn't play against Liverpool um will come in. And I think if you're, you know, John Stones on the bench or whoever it may be on the bench and and the guys in front of you don't get the job done, you're not going to be thinking, oh, now I'm not going to get the job done this week in, in Germany. So no, I'm I'm not really that worried about it if if City don't get a win. I, I don't think it will affect them in other competitions because I don't think Pep will allow it. Um, and I think the players are just mentally strong enough to be able to to compartmentalize one competition to another. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted on the, on the back of that sort of say, you know, um, mentioned before about me being positive. I'm clearly feeling extra positive today. Um, I, I just trust City, and I think that's the main thing. Is City um, as a squad, whether it's this squad or you go back to the sort of you know 13, 14 squad, any team that we've had over the past ten years. They live for this part of the season. They are trained for this part of the season. And especially when you look at probably football teams in Europe over the past six or seven years, I personally can't think of any team that I would rather have 
you know, hunting down the pack in the last 10 games of a season, going for competitions rather than City. You know, when you want someone to come in and take down a villain, you call James Bond. When you want someone to, to you know, hunt down a, a, a title race and, and win a few cups, call in Man City because that's what they're good at. So, look, we might lose. We might lose games. We might lose the league. We might win every game from now till the end of the season and still not win the league. But at the end of the day, I have full confidence that City can can go on the run necessary to at least put the pressure on and then see where the cards lie on the final day of the season. When you need a title race, call Man City. I'm getting that on a t-shirt. Um, that'll do for part one. Join us momentarily. Moment, moment celery. That's a completely different sort of t-shirt. Um, join us momentarily as we look at the squad that might make the, the trip. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Free episodes already, not including this one, so go back on your podcast feed, listen to them, hit follow, subscribe, etc. if you haven't already. Um, right, okay then, Haaland, Erling, um, officially back in training, Adam, that was earlier this week. We don't really know, and I suppose we probably won't know until Saturday evening just how fit he is and whether or not he's able to play. So, you know, we will indulge in a little bit of speculation but don't take this as gospel at all first question say it's 80 percent say it's 85 percent say it's 90 percent fit do you play him do you time is this you know are we do we have a good enough chance or our percentages in the title race strong enough to say you know what we can go at three competitions at the same time or with that Bayern Munich game on Tuesday night is it a case of Alvarez is in fine form. Mares, Grealish, etc., are in absolutely fine form. If he's not fit enough, one hundred percent fit, there is no need at all to risk him. I think it's the latter. I don't think you play him. If anything, you give him ten to fifteen minutes at the end to to get the juices flowing again ahead of ahead of Bayern. But um, you know, you think back to last season and, and the title run, and we had what John Stones, Kyle Walker. And America Laporte all playing injured just to see things out. Um, some of them had, you know, pretty horrible injuries as well. You think of Laporte looked like he, you know, couldn't even put weight on his on his leg against West Ham, and then he's back playing against Villa the following week. So um I don't think it's that kind of situation because when you had all those players out last season, who was coming in to to deputize for them? You know, it was Fernandinho playing right back. Fernandinho playing center back. And both of those were a complete disaster at the back end of last season. Whereas now with Erling Holland, you see what the team can do without him. You know, they, as we spoke about earlier this week, they play better football without him. They're not a better footballing team. They're Clip not a better, Clip they're not a better team in general. They play better football without him. And Julian Alvarez is obviously more than good enough to, to, to play in his stead. So no, I'm not playing him. I'm, not, I'm certainly not starting him. I think maybe if you do, if he's fit enough to play, if he's at the 90, 95% mark, then you give him 10 to 15 minutes to just get the legs moving again after not playing for what well, going on two weeks now. Um, so that would be my larger concern is that he hasn't played in a while. Um, he was obviously in such, such fine form heading into the international break and, and then picked up the injury. So we don't know if he's, you know, picked up a bit of rust or anything in, in that time. So um, I absolutely would not be playing. Uh, it's Julian Alvarez from the start. Give him a few minutes at the end if he needs it. But that Bayern game is um, is the bigger one at the moment. It has to be said. 
you you mentioned that, don't you? That the fact that it isn't just a case of you know he's missed one game. He's he's probably if you're going to include what would have been there for City, probably missed three or four matches in terms of he obviously missed the he, he played in the Burnley game, came off early. City may have had a midweek game, they'd have had a weekend one. They've obviously had the Liverpool one. So you know you're looking at a good two week period without any competitive football. Is there a worry, Ollie, that? With that Bayern Munich game on Tuesday, presumably he'll be fit enough to play in that if he isn't fit enough to play in the Southampton game. Is there a worry that you... Is is he the sort of player that needs minutes beforehand to truly get up to speed in a top game like that? I, I remember back to the early part of the season and he was banging in goals, but there was a sort of, you know, that Community Shield game is the perfect example where he looked like he was a 50-year-old dad sort of straight off the straight off the plane from 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 a, a holiday in Spain or somewhere like that with a, with a little bit of a beer belly lugging himself around. Then two weeks later, he was scoring back-to-back hat-tricks in the Premier League. You know, he, he, we've not really seen him out for a sustained amount of time, but it does feel like he's the sort of player who might need, maybe not a full game, but like Adam says, 20, 30, 40 minutes to really get up to speed. That Bayern Munich game is going to be intense. That's going to be the real test for City, especially Tuchel, obviously, who's gone there now. Is there a fear that perhaps if he doesn't play a chunk in this game, come Tuesday night, as soon as the first whistle goes, he's a, he's a little bit off the pace. I understand why some would have that fear. I personally don't. To me, Erling Haaland, and he said this himself, lives for the Champions League. He lives for the big nights. He lives for these games. I don't think anything is going to be able to knock his focus and his confidence going into that match whether he's played 10 minutes at Southampton, whether he's played 90 minutes, whether he's not even travelled with the squad. If he's a part of that team against Bayern Munich, as I suspect he will be, and if he starts like I hope he does, I would suspect that he will uh, have an aura of focus about him, the same aura that he's carried with him all season in those big fixtures. And he will hopefully deliver like I know that he can. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be at his brilliant best in terms of, you know, his movement. Because I think that's a lot of what we speak about when we speak about Erling Haaland is, look, we know he scores goals. He can score any type of goal from anywhere. It's his movement off the ball that sometimes has been a bit sluggish. His connection with other players, his pressing, those types of things, um, that can be affected. But you put you put Bayern Munich in in a game like this, a Champions League match ahead of him, and I, I just think that he explodes. Hmm. Hopefully not literally, because he could do with him um, <laughs> late. Yeah. Later I hope down he stays the line. together, but explodes <laughs> with goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, obviously, the only other missing player that we know about, barring any other injuries in between now and kickoff, is Phil Foden. So, Adam, it's as close to really a full squad for City, and, and we've not really seen even in, even at sort of four one up against Liverpool, there was only a couple of changes that came on and, and had a few minutes here. Bernardo Silva, Cole Palmer. Um, you know, I, I suppose in the build-up to this game, a lot of the chat's going to be rotation. How much of the how much of the key players, how, how many minutes do the key players play ahead of of Tuesday night's fixture? Um, give me give me a percentage rotation. Then obviously Edison's going to play. Will you assume that back three will stay the same? I'm not too sure if John Stones plays. I would wouldn't be surprised to see Rico Lewis drop in there. 
and then obviously the Kyle Walker question, which you and Ollie, a different Ollie, um, covered superbly in yesterday's show. This is this is a little bit of a conundrum for for Pep, isn't it? Because there isn't really a nail down first starting eleven. There are lots of good players in good form, but there are a few, even, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, for example, he stunk the place out against Southampton earlier in the year. And we've seen it so far this season when there is a team who like to deploy a, a deeper block. He struggles because, uh, you know, without Erling Haaland there, he's just going to be spamming crosses into a, a three foot two Argentine in the middle. So, you know, there's, there's a conundrum. It isn't as clear cut as, you know, you play the strongest team because quite frankly, what is that at the moment? I think if you look back to who's on the bench for the Liverpool game, and I'll just kind of go down the list and say whether or not I think they'll start this game. Kyle Walker, yes. I think he comes back in. Calvin Phillips, I'm not so sure Pep trusts him yet with 90 minutes in a Premier League game, especially in the title run-in. Americ Laporte, I'm I'm not sure. I'm, the, the situation really is unnerving to me with Americ Laporte because I really do adore him. And I, I hate the fact that he has been rightly or wrongly painted as one of the players that kind of, you know, um, kicks up a fuss when he's not playing because I really do think he's a phenomenal footballer. I think he might come back in and play this game. Um, Ortega, no. I think Bernardo Silva starts, Sergio Gomez, Maxima Perone, Cole Palmer, no. I think Rico Lewis maybe comes back in, but then again, does he play on the left because Kyle Walker has come back in? So I do think there is going to be some kind of hefty rotation here. And it's not the kind of rotation where you're just plugging in players to rest others. I think it is about keeping players fit because, you know, we are at the season where, yeah, Pep wants to lean on the team that has you know, kept us in in the running of three different competitions. But as you start to look down the fixture list, it's going to be Saturday, Tuesday, or Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, basically until the FA Cup final or the Champions League final if we reach it. I mean, that is a grueling run of games. And you have to have players like Walker, Laporte, Rico Lewis, Bernardo Silva, the guys that didn't play against Liverpool. They have to be at the peak of their form and peak of their fitness if if this team is going to win anything. You've got to have 15 to 16 players that you can rely on. So I hate calling it rotation because it feels like it's a, you know, a shitty Tuesday night cup tie that we're just resting the big boys. That's not the case. I think it's rotation for keeping the players that are going to still play a role in in the title run in the Champions League run in the FA Cup semifinal and hopefully a final they're still going to have a role to play in all this cuz you're going to have to use the entire extent of your squad. So I do think there's going to be a lot of rotation. But like I said it's it's out of necessity. It's not just putting players in the spots to rest others. Yeah, just another a, a tiny bit of of quick maths, and I make it seventeen potential fixtures left for the season. Should City get to the semi final and final of the Champions League, and should they get to the FA Cup final, that works out at over fifteen hundred minutes. Should a player play ninety minutes in all of them, which obviously Ollie isn't going to happen, so there isn't that many opportunities, you know. At, Adam uses the sort of the word rotation and and doesn't mean it pejoratively, but there isn't a lot of opportunities now in between the this Southampton game and should there be a Champions League final in mid June? That's like you know we're, we're not we're not in the usual part of the season where there's only a, a say a month or so left. There's a, over a month and a half left of this season, hopefully for Manchester City. So I'm looking at someone like 
Jack Grealish, for example, who was incredible against Liverpool. But you worry that if he doesn't sit a game out, perhaps at St Mary's on Saturday, when will the opportunity come? Obviously, Leicester at home next week, you could look at that one, but they may or may not have a new manager. They've certainly been freed from the shackles of of, uh, terrorist football manager Brendan Rodgers. So you're looking at Jack Grealish, for example, and you're going, you know what, he could be one that drops out. But then... As Adam mentions on the bench, the, op- the the alternative to that with Phil Foden being injured is Cole Palmer. So it's it's I, you know these these are the times I love to be a supporter, but it's not a time I'd like to be Guardiola picking the team because the me it seems like a very very stressful job. Yeah, I think um, I sort of think you know we we love it is is fans, but I, I think you know the players love this as well. The players want to play. Every single game, 90 minutes. Now, look, they, in a way, you almost don't know what's best for them. But if you offered Jack Grealish 1,500 minutes between now and the middle of June, you know, 17 games, all very competitive, all very meaningful, and told him that it's his choice, he'd take that. He'd take that every single day. They they want to play until, you know, their feet are blue and, and they can't, you know, run anymore. Um, and that's obviously... That's great. Pep Guardiola does have some decisions to make because obviously he knows that for the most part that can inhibit some some dangers and probably and most likely some injuries. It's definitely tough in terms of rotation. I think in previous seasons, City have always been known for having a big squad and I think the past probably two seasons that's not been the case. I think, um, as Adam sort of alluded to, I think there are a few players in that team that he just doesn't trust yet fully. Doesn't mean that he won't come to, but you know, Sergio Gomez, Calvin Phillips, Max Perone, how much of a part are they going to play in this this sort of run of fixtures? My guess would be very minimal. Um, the only role that I can really realistically see them playing that has an impact would be one out of necessity rather than one out of choice. Um, but you know it's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles when it gets to this part of the season. Players have to play for injuries. Players have to play through niggles. Players have to put themselves into uncomfortable conditions. But that's what top athletes live for, you know? That's what they want. That's what they, you know, have worked towards their entire career. And it's a great position to be in. So I don't envy Pep Guardiola. Um, I'm definitely glad I'm not in his seat. Um, But if I was a City player, I'd be wanting to play every possible minute. And if there are any problems, Dr. Kugat's just a, a plane ride away. And, and I think it sort of illustrates the point, doesn't it, that we, we bring it full circle at this point, that City go out and win the game in the first half. The likes of Phillips, Sergio Gomez, Perone can come on and give those first teamers in quotation mark, you know, the, the starting 11 lot, uh, Rodri. Grealish, Alvarez, De Bruyne, etc. More minutes on the bench. Um, right, okay, we'll, we'll call it a day there, Adam. I'm, I bet you're excited to get your mentions back on track after a, a busy couple of days with some uh, fuming scousers, as they like to say. Um, so, yeah, you'll be hoping for a more calm evening on, on Saturday. Yeah, that, um, that, that conversation has been long muted on my Twitter. <laughs> blissfully ignorant Oliver enjoy your your time in Scotland in Bonnie Scotland up in up in the Highlands uh, hopefully you can get signal you don't have to to be sent the uh, the scoreline on postcard and yeah enjoy yourself it's been fun thank you very much been great being back lovely stuff uh, as always follow subscribe if you haven't already leave a rating and a review tomorrow we'll be uh, we'll be hearing from a Southampton writer and podcaster about what to expect from their side of the corner until then we'll see you later 
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.